Hey there, everybody. This is Sean. I am coming to you totally off the cuff, unplanned, unscheduled here. And welcome to the Brave Yes Show. It is the thick of summer here where I live. And I have one of those fleeting moments where both teenagers are out of the house and the puppy is sleeping. And I promised you one more episode to wrap up the Politics of Languishing series that I have been working on. And I'm going to say wrap up for now because I I know that I'm not finished. I know that there is much more to be said. And I also know that I don't have the capacity at this time to do this level of research and this level of reflection when I am juggling teenagers who are working two different jobs uh, with two different schedules, plus my clients and all the other things that I need to do for me and for my coaching work. And so I want to bring this to close for now, knowing that it is fully in my plans to do a lot of writing over the next couple of months. And the writing that I have planned is big, beautiful, passionate, sacred, and soulful work. And I hope that you will please, please head through to the blog and get on my email list because I am introducing this week the very first seven days of everyday brave yeses sequence. Seven days of everyday brave yeses. And it really comes back to what I'm going to talk here today about, but it's about stepping into who you are becoming. Brave yeses come in many, many varieties. If you are a brand new mom and you're going back to work and you're wondering how you're going to juggle it all or how you're going to be away from your baby or if you're wondering how in the world you are going to be able to get dinner on the table and tend to all the things, it can be a brave yes just to ask for help. And what you'll find is that I have been doing so much research and I have been cultivating many, many types of brave yeses that I know that my clients have been interested in over the years, that I have been interested in over the years, what I still hope to do as my own brave yeses, what my interviews have discovered and uncovered over the last six months or so. And what I know is there is never just one big, great, big leap off of the cliff into a brave yes. It is small, incremental moments of courage that lead us to our greatest moments of thriving. And so the seven days of everyday brave yeses, first one out. We might do more in the future, but this one is gonna be the first one out. You can head over to my blog, my website, right on the homepage, you will find the way to get started on that. And I hope that you will. And by being on my email list, you will also receive weekly emails 
because I'm going to be writing some beautiful things this summer. And I really hope that you will tune in and not tune out and be a part of it because I have been really working hard on what I want to put out into the world. So with that little teeny introduction, I want to bring this Politics of Languishing series to a close for now. And to do so, I have some tips for you. <laughs> um, so this series began when I was talking to a friend <clears throat> and she said to me, well, what do you think is the biggest problem for the people that you work with? And I said, well, they're, they're stuck. They're feeling very trapped. And we got into a back and forth and, and she asked me some more questions and, and basically we ended up getting to this kind of like, hey, it's the powers that be that's caused our families to suffer, our, for women to hold the load, to carry the heavy load in all the ways. And marginalized women, BIPOC women, transgender women are carrying an even heavier load. And it is our duty. It is our mission. It is our necessity to start to change this system. But we cannot do that when we are languishing ourselves. We cannot do it if we feel completely burned out, stuck, or trapped. And so that is why I got into this idea that we've been languishing for years, not just during this pandemic and certainly not just this year, but for years, decades even. And so the very first reason that I know that women are languishing is I work with women. I've been working with women all over the world for years. And from day one to now, this eight years of 24-7 working with women all over the world, overworking and overdoing has been the number one cause of languishing. This idea that we need to wake up and do, 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 do all the way until we crash into bed at night. And by do, 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 I can, it can be anything, right? It can be work, it can be self-care, it can be tending to children, pets, housework, errands, bosses, projects, passions, purposes, hobbies, doesn't matter what it is. It's doing, striving, constantly working for our worth. And that small p political trap has led us to feeling not enough ever. When do you wake up feeling enough? Like, oh, I'm good enough today. This is great. No, it doesn't work that way because the system, not by any total orchestration, but by a whole lot of misdoings along the way, has created it so that we feel worthy when we're doing or overdoing or overworking. 
And so then I talked about the power and destruction of perfectionism, which is huge for women, especially BIPOC women who feel like they can never get it right because white people are constantly pushing the bar on perfectionism. I mean, let's face it, it's never enough, whatever it is. The way the room looks or the dinner that we've made or the way somebody is working at work or how they're working on their project and getting things done or it's just never enough. Those high expectations of an outcome that is so perfect that it can only be orchestrated in our minds gives us this false illusion. We think it's attainable, but it is not. But chasing that, going after that, striving for it every single day, that contributes to our languishing individually and collectively. I talked, which was probably my favorite piece out of this whole series, <laughs> The Relentless Politics of Good Girl Syndrome, which, by the way, I completely had my own good girl syndrome experience just this weekend. And I might talk about that a little bit later. We're languishing because we're so busy trying to be good. I don't know about you, but whenever I am in the kitchen and I'm cutting up the net that goes on around the avocados or the oranges, I cut it up into these tiny little pieces. And I feel angry every single time that I'm doing that. Why? Because I think to myself, here I am being the good girl, trying to protect the turtles, trying to protect the birds. Here I am cutting this net up every single time, trying to be the good girl. And that is a silly, small thing to bring up in this particular context. However, it is so symbolic of the little things that creep into our days that we are doing to be good to act in integrity, to not make waves, to not upset people, to not cause conflict. Good girl syndrome is absolutely contributing to our languishing. And then I talked about when you're tired of being strong and there is no other option. And I, I also love this one a lot. <laughs> because I am a strong woman and it also gets exhausting feeling like you always have to be the one who's doing it all, who's carrying it all, who cannot be weak, who cannot mess up, who cannot be imperfect. Be strong, be strong. And if you listen to that episode, there was some cursing in that episode because that's what's going through our heads. And that constant voice, you're not strong enough, you're not strong enough, is living in the back of our minds and it's contributing to our languishing. Because when you force strength at breakneck speed, 
you're going to end up exhausted. Your capacity is going to be minimized. And sure, you're strong. You can handle anything. But you're also exhausted and unable to take on anything more, especially the important stuff. And then finally, the pressure to settle or accept what isn't serving you and how to thrive anyway. And I guess technically this was something also that came up in the same kind of event that happened over the weekend. But this one contributes to our languishing because how many women do you know who are just trying to get by, who aren't happy in their job, who aren't happy in their careers, who aren't happy as stay-at-home moms, who aren't happy in their marriages, who aren't happy in their neighborhoods or their towns, but are forced to settle or accept because changing is hard. Change is hard and it's scary. And even when it's a brave yes change, it is incredibly complicated. So complicated that it's easier to stay in our comfort zones and so we do. And we do so in a state of languishing, not thriving, not quite depression, just there, just meh. And the next thing we know, the whole lives have passed and we didn't, we didn't do what we said we were going to do. So there's much more to the reasons why women have been languishing for years. And I'm going to keep going with this in, in probably a different format. So if you're on my email list, if you're reading the blog post, you will see many, many, many references of me coming back to this over and over because I think I have at least um, another six uh, content ideas around this that I'm working on. But for today, to close this series out, I really want to take the time to talk about each of these and just to give you a little bit of some shaunisms to put into practice. Because when I work with women in coaching, the number one thing I want is for you to be already doing the work. Um, you know, the, the more I coach, the more I know that you've got to already be on the journey for us to really be able to make progress and find momentum. It's a lot easier for me to step in and, and walk with you on your journey than it is for me to get you started on your journey. And so today, I really want to uh, act as if you're you're starting with me on coaching and here's what we need to work on. <laughs> here's, here's where we're going to begin. So if we go to the beginning and we talk about the exhausting politics of overworking and overdoing, and we are all overworking and overdoing, every colleague that I have, every coach that I know, every writer, every poet, every artist, every person who works in management, leadership, every staff person, every janitor, every um, tractor driver, every farmer, every gardener, we are all struggling with overworking and overdoing. You know, one of my favorite stories about this was years ago when I published my, my one and only book, Savoring Slow, um, 
I, my very first person who bought it was a, a man who was probably in his seventies and he was a friend's father. And he, he told me he started reading it and it put him to sleep at night. And I, you know, some people might've seen that as a, as a negative, right? Like a, a criticism, but of course he was not my audience. <laughs> the audience was moms, young moms at that. However, what he said after that was, you know, I have worked every day my whole life since I was like 13 years old. And I've never known how to take a break. Now, this is a white cis male who was not my target audience, but who was able to be vulnerable with me to say, I'm tired. I've been on this planet for 70 years and I've not learned how to take a break. I don't know what rest is. And so my tip to you is if you are noticing that you're overworking and overdoing, if you're seeing that about yourself and you're going, I don't even know where to, where to begin, you begin in your body. You know, so much of my work with women in coaching is body. It's somatic. It's embodied self-care. And the number one thing we'll do is we'll talk a lot about how to check in with your body. You have to know when you're overdoing it and when you're overworking. You have to know. You have to pay attention to the signs. And so check in with your body like it is your best friend. Ask it how it's doing. Are you stressed? Do you think that you are overdoing it here? What is that feeling? Is that overworking, tensing up your shoulders? Where does the striving in you live? So that would be the first thing we would talk about if you and I were on a call right now talking about how to, how to get out of languishing. What's the pathway out of languishing and into thriving? The first pathway is to check in with your body all the time, relentlessly, because your body knows. Your body has wisdom often before you even know it. So tune into it, check in with it. And then if we were going to talk about, okay, Sean, but that's all great, great and fine, but I just really struggle with perfectionism. I'm such a perfectionist and I want to stop because I know it's better for everybody. If I, if I stop having these ridiculous expectations and all of this fear around getting it wrong, well, I would say, I would say to you, very first thing is notice where you're not making progress in your life. And check in on how perfectionism is at play. Is that binary mindset that it has to be all or nothing or one way or another holding you back from making progress? Are you so worried about the way it's supposed to look or what the outcome is going to be? that you are forgetting that there is a journey 
inward. Focus on the practice, not the outcome. So just, just do the things. Just do them. Practice. Worry about the outcomes later. And of course, in coaching, we would keep talking about that in every session because that is the way perfectionism works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, now, third, my favorite. If you are a good girl, raise your hand if you're a good girl. I can't see you, but please raise your hand. And, you know, one of the things that I do not like about podcasting is that I do not like that I can't see you. And I do not like that we don't have conversations. And I do not like that you and I can't be in community where I can get your feedback and read your face and hear your, your ahas and your epiphanies. And so I just want to plug, please reach out to me. Send me an email. I respond to just about every email that I ever get, unless you're asking me to be on my podcast and because you're just a a relentless promotional person. That's, I don't respond to those, but I do respond to every living human being who honestly has an interest in my work. And if I didn't, it's because I'm really bad at organizing my email right now. <laughs> but back to being the good girl. Yesterday, I was in a moment where I could have been the good girl. The good girl goes along with the collective, right? The good girl puts on a smile, pretends like everything is okay, and she doesn't share anything that is real, that is vulnerable, that is honest about herself or the situation. She puts on a mask. And I was in a situation where I needed to put on a mask I needed to put on the smile. I needed to pretend like everything was lovely. I needed to give thanks in a situation where I not only was not thankful, but was deeply hurt, traumatized, and frustrated. So in that split second of, oh no, I'm in a moment where I can either stay in the situation and put on the mask or I can leave. I chose to leave. It was a brave yes to walk out of that space and not wear the mask. In order to start working on moving into greater sovereignty, to, to move in having a sense of agency and self-leadership, which is where a lot of my coaching work is. And it's where my passion is. It's where my heart and soul is because I, I am here to empower women and women who identify as women. I am here to hold space for you to shine brighter, to take up more space, to finally... Finally, own your little plot on this earth. And so your tip, if we were going to be in coaching today and you say, Sean, I, I'm just so tired of being the good girl. I'm going to say, 
good. It's time. This is your awakening. This is your moment. You don't have to keep doing it the way you've been doing it. You can choose not to wear the mask. You can step into your power and reclaim your needs, your purpose, your voice, your boundaries, your desires, your deep-seated, rooted joy. You can choose to hold firm to who you are and what you're about. You do not have to follow the collective to be a good girl. And you do not have to wear the mask to be a good girl. But, and this is where the coaching work really is important, you will be standing on your own. You will be in left field. And everybody is over in right field. It will feel lonely. And you will be free. I could talk about that for a whole episode. And if you think I should, just send me an email. Send me an email. Okay, so now, tired of being strong and there is no other option. I wrote this piece when I was feeling particularly frustrated with needing to hold it all together myself. And... I was having a client or two struggling with needing to let go of this facade that we are the only ones who can do the things and um, releasing that sense of control uh, and allowing ourselves to be weak, to be tended to, to be taken care of. Um, And so I wrote this piece, you know, it was a beautiful experience for me to write it because I didn't realize just how freaking tired of being strong I had become. <laughs> so yeah, if you didn't read this one, you should. <laughs> but if you are tired of being strong, but there is no other option. And I, I alluded to this in an Instagram post that I did where I shared a card that I had pulled that was about truth. And I think that's really what's happening here when we are tired of being strong, but there is no other option. It's when we can finally allow, you can finally allow yourself to be honest about what it means to be strong and what it means to choose not to be strong all the time. Sure, you're strong, but that doesn't mean that you have to hold it all together all the time. It's okay to want to collapse under all the weight you're carrying and free yourself of everything. Not only is it okay, but you should do that. That's self-care right there. That is self-care. And you get to decide what that looks like and how that's going to happen and when. The option isn't just be strong all the time until you have no choice, but being honest with yourself that being strong relentlessly, persistently is not sustainable. And that real self-care is giving yourself the option to opt out of that. 
And then finally, and I said this was going to be a 15-minute podcast, so here we go, 30 minutes in, the pressure to settle or accept what isn't serving you. Ah, this is, this is where the big brave yeses usually fall. And this is certainly where a lot of my coaching work ends up. You know, I don't want to take the job, the nine to five, which is what this piece is uh, talking about. I don't want to leave my marriage because that seems really hard and, but I don't like it (laughs) or I don't like this career that I chose and I want something different or I don't like who I've become in my journey and I'm ready to reinvent or repurpose or recycle or become somebody different that somebody that I like. So what do you do here? Well, this one's hard. I'm not going to lie. This is where the big deep work needs to happen. There's a lot of inner work that needs to happen, a lot of spiritual work and a lot of trust and surrender, but also a lot of self-discovery work. And this is when I will tell you, you have to fight for yourself. You have to fight really freaking hard. You are a human being who is 100% worthy to belong here on this planet and to be happy in this one beloved beautiful lifetime that you have been gifted. Fight for yourself. Claim your desires or reclaim your freedom. But whatever it is, fight for yourself. So there you have it. I just gave you some coaching today with you and you didn't even ask me. And I'm pretty sure this would apply to every single person who's listening. And I just want to remind you that you can go over to my website, seanfink.com, sign up for seven days of everyday brave yeses. I promise it'll be fun, inspirational, and transformational because everyday brave yeses, it's what I'm all about. I also want to remind you that if you like this podcast and you want to see more, please leave a review, share it with a friend, invite people to listen along because that's how it gets seen and heard in this busy, busy online world. I am going to be back. I don't know when, but I will be back and I'm going to take a little break and just rest my voice and focus on my writing, which is my preferred form of communication. Definitely going to be sending emails, definitely going to be sharing blog posts. And the podcast will return. And I'm not going to say when because I just want to give myself an honest break where I'm not overworking and overdoing, where I'm not feeling like I've got to be the good girl and stay on schedule, where I'm not going to keep it all together when I feel like life might be falling apart just to put out a podcast. I'm going to breathe. 
I'm going to create. I'm going to do my own everyday brave yeses with my daughters who only have three more summers at the house. And I'm going to enjoy this summer fully. And I hope that whatever is happening in your world on this day, at this time, in this season of your life, that you too are living fully and feel alive. Till we meet again. Namaste.